We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Glad to be back on uh, this evening. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you're listening to my next installment of my uh, continued breakdowns for all 133 teams in FBS college football. Uh, this installment, I will uh, break down the UTSA Roadrunners, who went 11 and 3, 8 0 in Conference USA in 2022, and uh, won the Conference USA Championship. They are, of course, making the jump into the AAC um, with a absolutely tremendous squad um, that that definitely is a favorite to uh, win this year in the, in the AAC. Um, head coach uh, Jeff Trailer has done a tremendous job in his time winning 30 games in three years, going 30 and 10 in three years. Um, just uh, absolutely tremendous job um, that he's done pretty quickly in San Antonio. Um, but looking at uh, looking at the Roadrunners, uh, first off, uh, something new I'm doing this year, including uh, stadium breakdown. Uh, they, of course, play at the Alamo Dome, which seats over 73,000 people. Uh, the Alamo Dome has been in place uh, since 1993 um, and has been a home for UTSA since 2011, since they uh, started up their program. Um, Alamo Dome has played a host to many things. Of course, there's a bowl game um, there every year and uh, countless other things. The San Antonio Spurs used to play there, and then there's been countless other um, uh, professional football teams that have played there. Um, but uh, they, this program has done a pretty darn good job filling uh, the stadium as much as they can um, with the extremely passionate fan base that follows this program and uh this is definitely when when this program started up in the early 20 2010s everyone said this could be a sleeping giant um, just because of the location being in san, san antonio and being in texas and then of course san antonio having untapped potential um, and we're seeing it now with the rise that the roadrunners have had um, pretty darn quickly too. Um, another uh, thing I'm including in this coach on the rise, um, uh, coach in each program that uh, that could uh, really be moving up the ladder quickly. Um, I'm choosing Joe Price, the associate head coach, pass game coordinator, and wide receivers coach. Anytime you have that associate head coach next to your name, uh, that tells you what your what the staff thinks about what the head coach thinks about you. But uh, one of the real interesting things about Coach Price is that all the way back, I mean, he, he hasn't been a college coach very long, and now he's already a pass game coordinator. Um, but in 2018, he was a high school coach. Um, in 2019, the University of Illinois named him the director of high school relations. And then 2020, 2021, 
director of player development at UTSA, then 2022, the wide receivers coach, and then this year he gets that promotion to associate head coach and pass game coordinator. So this is a fantastic coach who's risen up the ranks very quickly, uh, been here um, during that 30-10 and 10 stretch, back-to-back conference championships, three bowl games, um, and has had the privilege of mentoring um, some of the great wide receivers in program history, obviously Zagari Franklin, who has since moved on, but then this year with Joshua Cephas, DeCorian Clark, um, and, and and others down the line who have done some absolutely amazing things in this program. Just a, just a really, really exciting time uh, to, to be a part of this program. But like I said, Coach Price, just a handful of years ago, was a high school coach, and now he's an associate head coach and passing game coordinator. So this is definitely somebody who I think will be hearing um, from in the very near future when it comes to a high-level uh, coordinator position and even head coaching. Looking at the 2023 schedule for the Roadrunners, uh, they open up at Houston. Then they have Texas State, <clears throat> Army on a Friday night. Then they go to Tennessee. Uh, they played Houston last year, lost in overtime by two. Um, I think they Definitely have an opportunity to beat them this year. <clears throat> and then to play Texas State and Army, uh, two games that they should win. Um, so I, I personally see them 3-0 and going to Tennessee. Um, this will not be the same Tennessee team as last year. Tennessee will still be very good. Um, top 15 team in the country more than likely. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> excuse me, but... Still a tremendous opportunity for a very, very, very good football team to go into Knoxville and uh, potentially shock the nation. Um, looking at their AAC schedule, they open up at Temple, then they get UAB at FAU, ECU at North Texas, Rice, uh, USF on a Friday night, then at Tulane. Um, everybody's looking up. Looking at the game at Tulane at the end of the year, that could very well be for the regular season conference championship for the right to host uh, the conference championship. Uh, one real interesting or a really interesting thing looking at their conference schedule, they avoid SMU and Memphis, who are the other two uh, teams that a lot of people are seeing to be competing for the conference championship, myself included. Um, so it sets up really well for them. Um, their schedule does um, in conference play uh, to really uh, make some noise and do something special. Um, looking at the uh, position by position breakdown now, offensively, uh, the quarterback position is led by superstar quarterback Frank Harris. Uh, Harris is one of the best players in college football and could, could potentially be in the Heisman conversation this year. I personally think he should be. I'm a huge proponent of the G5 players getting an opportunity. Frank Harris, Grayson McCall, Austin Reed, those quarterbacks who compete at such a high level, I think should be in the discussion. And I personally think if Frank Harris um, does some amazing things this year, which I think we all agree he will, and if they put up a really darn good showing at Tennessee and even – Pull off the upset. I think you have to put him in the running then. And uh, they almost have to run the table, unfortunately, for those type of things to happen. 
but he is more than deserving of it. Um, the past two seasons, he's produced 8,408 total yards of offense and 74 touchdowns, just a mind-blowing numbers. And then the next TD he has will be number 100 of his career. Um, then Owen McCown was added from Colorado uh, this offseason, obviously for the future. Uh, he started a couple games uh, this past year at Colorado. He's a redshirt freshman, so um, a good piece to add to build on down the road. Um, looking at the running back position now, the running back room has experience with uh, Kavorian Barnes, who had 845 yards last season, and Kedrick Cobbs. And then the additions of Robert Henry from the JUCO level. He's a first-team All-American in junior college. And then Rocco Griffin from Vanderbilt are really stout pickups for this program. Um, uh, really, really good pieces. Um, Barnes uh, started the last couple games of the year. Uh, but I think Henry coming in has an opportunity to really do some things because he's brings a little bit of a – he's a good combination of what you want in a running back. Uh, then the receiving core, uh, they lose potential All-American Zagari Franklin to Ole Miss, uh, which of course is a big hit. I mean, he's arguably one of the – he's arguably the best player in program history. You got him and Frank Harris that you can argue about. But uh, – However, this group will be just fine. Uh, Joshua Cephas and DeCorian Clark both have a ton of experience, as does tight end Oscar Cardenas. Um, Cephas had almost 1,000 receiving yards last season, would have if he would have played in the bowl game. Clark had an amazing year. And then uh, Cardenas had a really good year at tight end. And then watch out for uh, Tyke Ogle Kellogg and uh, Juco transfer Willie McCoy to do some things. Um, Kellogg could be the third receiver now with Franklin gone. And then Willie McCoy is an unbelievably quick receiver. I'll get to his accolades as a return specialist from the junior college level. Just mind-blowing numbers as he was a All-American uh, kick returner last season. Um, the offensive line returns a ton of experience as they have five players with seven-plus starts from last season and three Juco additions as well. Uh, center Ernesto Almarez, right guard Terrell Haynes, and then uh, right tackle Makai Hartbund and more have been there and done that when it comes to uh, their positions and offensive line play. And they've even had to do it at different positions on the line, like uh, Ernesto Almaraz uh, is going to be the center this year, but he played guard uh, during during the year last year. So these are guys that have moved all over the place. They've done a lot of uh, good movement, and uh, this year they have a ton of depth. Switching to the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line is a deep and experienced unit that dealt with injuries last season. Uh, defensive end, Osiris Simon, uh, or defensive ends, Osiris Simus. Simon, uh, Brandon Matterson, Tremaine Bell, and Nick Booker Brown all have seen action, as have nose guards, Brandon Brown and Joseph Evans. So really good depth in the, they have a three-man front there, really good depth there. Uh, the linebacker core is set with Trey Moore, who had eight, ta eight sacks uh, from the linebacker position, and Jamal Legion, who had 88 tackles uh, leading the charge. Those two guys are all conference-level players for sure. Uh, 
Then there's Avery Morris, Danielle Taylor, and um, Martravius French have plenty of experience as well. And then uh, Juco transfer Rodney Gross uh, packs a punch as well. Really good, really talented group of linebackers there who could really step up and do some things. And then uh, the secondary returns cornerback Nick Troy, Fount, Front Fortune, and uh, safeties Rashad Wisdom and Kelsey Nkwaku. Um, Wisdom uh, was injured a good chunk of last season. Having him back from injury is key as uh, he is an NFL-level player at safety. Uh, cornerback Dewan Griffin also has experience. And then there's the additions of cornerback Cyrus Dumas from New Mexico State and uh, safety Elliot Davidson from uh, Incarnate Word that provide great depth. Davidson just moving across town from Incarnate Word in San Antonio. Um, both those guys give great depth at the position. Um, on special teams, the kicking position should be manned by redshirt freshman Tate Sandal. And then uh, punter Lucas Dean has plenty of experience at that position. Chris Carpenter averaged nearly 29 yards per kick return last season, so a pretty good option there. But like I said, with junior college transfer Willie McCoy, uh, watch out for him. He's an All-American return man, um, averaged a eye-popping over 37 yards per kick return, um, had two touchdowns on kick returns and ten, two punt return touchdowns. Absolutely just electric returning the football. Um, I've never seen somebody average over 37 yards per kick return. That's mind-blowing to me. Um, so this is a young man who I just think <laughs> you got to get on the field and let him get the ball um, and just wa- let him work. And, and there's plenty – there's a good amount of guys on this roster where you feel like you just put them on the field and something special is going to happen. Looking at final analysis is my opinion. It almost seems as if head coach Jeff Trailer uh, planned the move to the AAC on his own with the roster that he has in place this year. Um, just uh, You have Frank Harris, a quarterback, who is undoubtedly uh, the the best player in this conference, um, one of the best players in the country, um, just a tremendous talent. And then the, the other really talented players they have at receiver and uh, th- just on the defense with some really talented linebackers, Trey Moore, Jamal Legion, safety Rashad Wisdom is going to play in the NFL. There's some really, really talented players on this roster. Um, with, with Frank Harris leading the charge, like I said, a third straight conference title, is certainly within reach and potentially even more. I mean, going to Houston this year, they should have had him last year. I know UTSA fans would agree with that, and I know the players would too, um, but I think they definitely get them this year. And the only game on the schedule, I mean, th- then those other two road games, at Tennessee and at Tulane, I mean, obviously Tennessee is Tennessee, but UTSA is not going to bow down to anybody and with the players that they have on this roster, they will make that a game. Um, then, of course, the Tulane game at the end of the year, like I said, that one's going to probably be for all the marbles in the AAC for the regular season title. And the winner of that game will probably get to host the conference championship game. Um, like I said before, when I was talking about the schedule, I, I like how the conference schedule shapes up for UTSA without having SMU and Memphis. I think they can run the table in conference including Tulane, um, 
but I think that's the one potential opportunity for a hiccup when it comes to their conference schedule uh, because there are other road games in conference play. They're used to playing FAU and North Texas. They go to both of them, but they're both former Conference USA foes that are joining the AAC with them. And then they go to Temple, which Temple is just not at the level that UTSA is at right now. Then the other home games they have in conference play, I firmly believe they will take care of business in all those games. So I, I am all on the bandwagon of UTSA winning the AAC in their first season and competing for an opportunity to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please uh, like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. It's much appreciated. Uh, have a good night. God bless.